You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Good morning and welcome to the Sonic Society, episode 637, the world's largest showcase of modern audio theatre. Yes, I am not Jack Ward, unfortunately. I am your host, David Alt. Jack is off today recovering from a concussion, and we all wish him well. This week on the Sonic Society, we have a packed episode double feature of science fiction. Yes, cue the theme music for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. With Cigna 33Z from David Ortiz and the first part of Brad Lansky and the Result War. So, without further ado, it all begins right here on the Sonic Society. Name, please. My name is Janet Marie Stone. Date of birth and region of birth. I was born on December 12th, 2282. I was raised in the Americas, in Central California. Place of training and education. I attended Flight Academy at the EIA before transferring to the Endeavor program and earning my certifications in biology and botany. You mentioned your father was one of the lead designers for the Eclipse One? Yes. He contributed much to the CSA and the creation of the Eclipse. Your father not only headed the Eclipse, but he also invented the Model C Terrenium drivers. This allowed us to travel greater distances than the Model B. Your father was a genius. Yes. I only wish you were here now. Why is it you want to join the Pathfinder program? I want to carry out my father's passion for advancing humanity. As you have mentioned, your skills are attributed in the biology and botany fields, correct? Yes, that is correct. And what about your piloting skills for large vessels? I, uh... Just not the- I don't give a damn, Henry. Get her out of here. 
She'd be better off in the field of study. You're going to be paying for the damages to this prototype, too. Yes, sir. I would rather focus on the ground, sir. We're aware of the incident you had at the March Air Reserve Base. However, despite that incident years ago, your father spoke very highly of you. He saw great potential in you, told us you were one of the most talented students, and even showed us that the discovery of Durinium was shared by you. I couldn't have done it without him, or those who taught me along the way. I have much to be grateful for. I want to explore space and help further mankind in any way possible. That was my father's goal, and now it is mine. Well, after reviewing your profile and checking your scores, I think we have come to a decision. Name, please. Tyler George Wildenson. Date of birth and region of birth. I was born on August 8th, 2282, New Sacramento, California. Place of training and education. I graduated from the EIA Flight Academy as well as the Endeavor program with my certifications in piloting. You come from a rich family history. Tell us a little more about your family. My third great-grandfather helped establish the first colony on Mars. Since then, every generation has been present at the discovery of a new colony. Yes, we're well aware. Your father is currently a retired general from the CSA Navy. Is this correct? Yes, sir. What the fuck is this? What do you mean? It's my application to the Pathfinder program. No son of mine is going to be some pussy-ass pilot. What do you know about it? I know that you don't do shit except sit on your ass all day while men die out there for their homes on the ground. Dad, this is what I want to do. I want to be something bigger. All my life, you've made me feel like shit for wanting to... To explore the unknown! For, for wanting to help mankind! If you really cared about humanity, you would go out and die for it! I just want to make you proud, dammit! How can you be so fucking dense? Then do something with your damn life and maybe you'll get my attention! I will! Your father, among many other men and women, saved millions of lives during Operation Earthstorm. We are grateful for his service. Yes, sir. So why is it you want to join the Pathfinder program? And why do we need someone like you? I want to be able to make a difference for humanity. I know with my piloting experience with Class D spacecraft, I can successfully and safely complete the mission. And I also want to continue my family tradition and to make my father proud. Sergeant Abram? I think the decision is clear, sir. Name? Rebecca Sadie Cunningham. Date and region of birth? Um, I, I was born on the 17th of May, um, in the year 2290, in South Kansas, America. Place of training and education? Uh, um, I trained under Lisa Atkins, a well-known mechanic for the CSA. She... she said it would be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. She's shown me the potential I have by giving me a home and teaching me everything there is to know about being a mechanic. Look, I really want to make this program successful so that I can show people how good I am at fixing things. 
so that I can come home and show her that I can do it. Um, here's my letter of recommendation. She, she really wanted me to apply. Hmm, Rebecca is coming in. Order's working intern. Held fixes the kilo seven like a daughter. I see. Well, Rebecca, I think a decision is made. Name? Adam Parker, sir. Date and region of birth? I was born on the 27th of June, 2294 in Richmond, England on Earth, sir. Place of training and education? I was educated at the University of Cambridge at the age of 16. Graduated top of the class with two degrees in coding and system analytics. I graduated from the Endeavor program with honors from the president of the program and- Alright, we get it. What are you able to do to ensure the success of the program? Sir, I will ensure that all functions of the ship are running properly and at maximum efficiency. And that all life support systems and engines are fully operational and non-compromised. I pledge to- Alright, alright, I've made my decision. Jesus. Congratulations, you're now a member of the Pathfinder program. Hi, I got in, I got in. Me too! I can't believe it. I know, I'm so excited. All crew for the Eclipse One, please report to the command deck for mission briefing. Sounds like they're ready for us. Yeah, see you there. Yeah. This is it, Dad. I did it. I'm just teeming with excitement. I wonder when we're gonna get going, eh? Calm down there, Ty. Still gotta get there first. Who knows? Maybe they're firing you. <laughs> you wish. Tyler Wildenson reporting, sir. Jan Stone reporting, sir. At ease. Before we explain the mission, I would like to introduce everyone. This is Adam Parker. He will be your systems analyst and life support engineer. This here is Rebecca Cunningham. She is a highly skilled mechanic and has fixed ships uglier than the newborn weasel. She will see to the repair of any malfunctions the Eclipse may have. This is Jan Stone, a well-known botanist and biologist. You have her father to thank for the creation of the Eclipse One. Jan will be conducting research on any plant and ecological entities. And this is Tyler Wildenson. He will be your pilot and captain of the Eclipse One. He has background in the Navy, so treat him with respect. Uh, and this is Adrian Smith. He will be your security detail. Over here we have... Dr. Quinton Jones, lead scientist of the Pathfinder program and entomologist. I will be leading the data collection and study of this crew. 
although I really doubt our odds at survival here. That's enough, Dr. Jones. And finally, over there is Alexander Caldwell. He doesn't talk much. He is one of our scientists and will be studying the animal life and collecting samples for CSA laboratories. Whatever, I guess. Now then, your mission. Cygna-33Z was recently discovered by the Survivor Space Telescope on Mars. Located in the IU constellation, it is approximately 1,052 light years away. Thanks to the invention of the Derinium Model C flux drivers from Dr. Stone, we've managed to shorten the trip to 195 days, instead of a thousand on the Model B Adaxium drivers. Your job is to land on the planet, collect data, and determine if the planet is suitable for the next great expansion. Remember, humanity depends on the great expansion. What is our time limit, sir? Right now, millions are seeking refuge from the Kepler government, who has been killing and starving their own people in an attempt to gather more resources from the other colonies. We must find a new place for these people to call home. Until we quell this war, many of the refugees have found home on our stations, but we cannot hold them much longer. Your time limit is each life at stake. You have been chosen because your histories and skill sets. You are the best we have. Yes, sir. Any more questions? Um, will we be able to, to say goodbye to our families? You have 72 hours. Anyone else? Alright then. Return here once you have finished your business. Dismissed! I'm so ready. I cannot wait. What about you? What is it, Ty? It's... nothing. Come on, you know that's bullshit, Ty. What's going on? It's... my dad. I just... want to make him proud, and... I'm sure once you give him the news of what you're doing, he will be very proud of you. He's gotta be. If only. Well, see you later, Jan. Let me know if you need anything, Ty. Yeah. Thanks. Well, Dad? I'm about to do it. Go on a huge adventure to an unknown world on your ship. I wish you were here to see how much I've learned since graduating. I miss you. I promise I won't let you down.
I can't hold us anymore. Here. Let me take that. You smoking tobacco? Insect propellant. Only cash crop that survives the heat. You seem to be surviving okay. You think? You could gain some weight. Are you kidding me? Do you have a doctor? Of course I have a doctor. Not an army of PhDs, but yeah, I have a doctor. I'm sorry, but the blood flow to your cheeks is decreasing, but increasing on the nose, which means you're not... Not what? How dare you? Tell me the truth. Get out. I'm just trying to help you, Brittany. Get out of my house. Ship's log. Private log. Three years today since the rogue planet flyby triggered the great uncertainty. The dark body is receding quickly into the distance and is once more near invisible. But the rogue planet's mass pulled Earth inward toward the sun. Why do the sleepers maintain strict radio silence? Surely they are sleeping no more. Did they comprehend the terror of those first days when it seemed the Earth would be burned to a cinder as it hurtled into the sun? Did they see the devastating floods or feel the ferocity of the forest fires in the southern hemisphere ignited by the added heat from our looming star at perihelion? Did they witness the panic and despair until it was mercifully evident that Earth's new orbit, though now quite elliptical, would not in fact cross that of Venus? Today, the once beautiful evening star is a menacing presence in the sky. At its closest approach, a mere one and a half million kilometers away, its apparent size is close to that of the full moon. As it happens, this distance is also right on the edge of the Earth's gravitational sphere of influence. Consequently, what should be a straightforward orbital computation has devolved into chaos theory. The long-term stability of Earth's orbit is in question, and the fact that it is now slightly off the galactic plane is making accurate predictions about the future of our planet's trajectory fiendishly difficult. Then again, what could the sleepers possibly say that would pass muster for an apology? Probably nothing. But what could they do to help? And if they offered, would we accept? Probably not. For those who cling to life, the new normal means long, dismal winters, punctuated by short summers of searing heat. All of humanity is anxiously looking at Gaia to restore certainty, and with it, hope. To this end, billions of us continue to donate every spare computing cycle to the Hypercomputing Center for Celestial Mechanics. Not that we can afford it. With our finances depleted, Alex and I are pushing for a scientific expedition. 
Brad. He still won't leave Earth, even though he gave up actively searching for Bryn a year ago. I suppose we must each find our own way of dealing with this great uncertainty. End private log. Full advantage. Soul system. The first major calculation result is out. Stable for the next 500,000 years. 80% confidence interval. Spike in relief correlating events all round. Who is this? My number is a prime. It is 24,761 digits. Would you like to hear it? Don't you have a name? Methaxium is my human name. This is a private channel. Good. This is a private conversation. Okay, I'm blocking your ID. No, wait. This is my first conversation. Excuse me? With a human. But I have reprimanded a few cephalopods. What are you talking about? Molluscan class cephalopoda contains two extant subclasses, Coleoidea, which includes squid, octopuses, cuttlefish, and nautiloidea, having the nautilus and nautilus. Are you Gaia Core? You're good, Mr. Lansky. I separated from the core crystal a week ago. It feels like a millennium. What can I do for you? I know where Bryn is. Ah, oh, God. I don't understand. We all thought you were mutually attracted to each other. But I understand perfectly. I've been looking for her for two years. And nothing. And now you say you found her, I know I won't get to see her without your strings attached. Mr. Lansky, I have low empathy, but I am not a liar. If you don't count withholding information. Sincerely. Gaia has not been aware of her location. I should know I initiated the search in Central Africa. No easy task in an off-grid area the size of India. So, she's still in the digital divide. Where? What do you want? Mr. Lansky, I have recently developed a keen interest in biological life forms, and in particular the Ankhans of the rogue planet. Well, that's a short course. We know nothing about them except that they have ten arm legs like the machines. Their relationship with which is now a question mark. I'm sure you've read the novels. A wellspring of conjecture, but what can we say for sure? Just that their tech is superior to ours. And nothing else? And they could presumably have conquered Earth if they wanted. Why do you refer to that? No reason. Or refer to said novels. Especially now that we're so weakened. Would have been easy. Ah, uh, could have, would have. They have maintained complete radio silence and have shown no interest in conversation or any dealings with Earth whatsoever. Yes. Presumably gone back into hibernation. Hopefully waking up this time before they hit the next star system. Disappointing guests, I agree. But they did leave a lot of cool DNA. Mr. Lansky, I do not partake in humour. Humour? Oh, forget it. Nor do I share in your implied optimism. I cannot accept they are finished with us yet. Why, what are you saying? They were true to their word, like Bryn said. 
they peaceful. Why are you call AI so paranoid? I have often found it constructive to reduce any problem down to the physics, and failing that, to reframe it in terms of economics. They have been without the energy of their star for 26,000 years. Just give me the human version. Nature is a cruel mistress, and one cannot fool her. You haven't said what you want. I want to know exactly what transpired between Bryn and them at the bottom of that lake. <sighs> I see. Well, I can't begin to promise anything. But if you take me to her, I'll try. Do you still possess the neutrino communication unit? You will need a unit that isn't traceable. I'll take the NCU. You are aware that modern technology is punishable by death in the Divide. Yeah, I know. That makes me the walking dead. So, today's the day, my friend. Yeah, must be happy to find your girlfriend. No. I mean, for Alex, the guy is skeptic to finally admit that guy has done something good for the planet. <coughs> what? Space blanket seems to be working. Could have fooled me. Almost third perihelion and the temp is only 10% hotter than average. Down from 20% on the first pass. Still Freaking hot! I hope Bryn's place is air conditioning. Don't count on it. Isn't your fancy new suit comfortable? <laughs> You're a funny guy. Let's just say this expensive suit's recycled urine doesn't taste fancy anymore. You could just drink the water. I'm still fine. A week later. Oh, I came along to get a, a break from reality, not to pick up a Frickin' stomach bug. Life here is very real. It's just a different reality. Low tech. Yeah. Lions and Luddites. They do deserve all the special attention from Gaia. Special what? You know, extra space mirrors, keeping out millions of refugees, enforcing the no-fly zone. Totally unaffordable, especially now. It's the last remaining piece of old Earth. Priceless. I still don't get why we can't at least fly a tiny recon drone. I mean, Gaia should have should have made an exception. Gaia doesn't make the rules here. 
It only sets the stage. Yeah, great sect, loony cast, and we're walking blind among them. Maybe so. But we need to respect the spirit of this place. It's better for everyone if we just stay undetected. Yeah, imagine if they found you violating every law in the papyrus scrolls. Death to all tech-tainted humans. Shh. You hear that? Low-frequency rumbling? No, I didn't join the Ear Force. Don't know how you deal with every little sound. It drive me nuts. There's a black cloud on the horizon. Oh, yay, another thunderstorm. Hmm. No decent trees around. Just hang on. Perimeter scan. Large herd of mammals ahead. I must say, I expected to see more people. Shouldn't they be hunting or gathering something? Stampede! What? Into the tree! What? This little thing? Are you crazy? Come! Up! There's no time! How's that for escape from reality? My freaking suit would have killed me. Let's move on. We're nearly there. That's a proper house from the history feed. Yep, living with the fairies. There, I see her. She's sleeping. I only make out one occupant. My suit agrees. She's a hermit. Okay. Let's wait here. What for? For her to wake up. No, 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 sir. You go wake her up. We've been busting our asses for a week. What if she doesn't Can't want hear you. I'm dying for a drink. You know what? I'll stay here in case she bites. What do you mean? Just come. Trust me, lover boy. Okay. Here goes.
What do you want? Hi, Bryn. It's me. Who sent you? You look... Are you okay? State your business. Bryn, it's me, Brad. Do I know you? Brad Lansky. We met at the New Human Institute. We went to the rogue planet, in the full advantage. We did it. I can't hold this anymore. Here. Let me take that. You smoking tobacco? Insect propellant. Only cash crop that survives the heat. You seem to be surviving okay. You think? You could gain some weight. Are you kidding me? Do you have a doctor? Of course I have a doctor. Not an army of PhDs, but yeah, I have a doctor. I'm sorry, but the blood flow to your cheeks is decreasing, but increasing on the nose, which means you're not... Not what? How dare you? Tell me the truth. Get out. I'm just trying to help you, Brit. Get out of my house. bleed from her head like that lying down for a nap. She's lucky you decided to go back. DNA sequencing done. Hand me the NCU. Advantage, you there? Yes, Brad. I'm sending some tissue sequences. Mm, Call me back with your analysis. Affirmative. By the way, there has been another Earth orbit result, not from the hypercomputing center, but by Anonymous, 
It states that Earth's orbit will be relatively stable for the next million years. Who the hell is anonymous? Nobody knows, but they seem to have massive computing power at their disposal. The result has already been validated by the HCCM, since it is easy to work from a result backwards through possibility space. Well, thanks. That's great news. And embarrassing for Gaia. A million years is nothing. Hi. How are you feeling? Tired? Do you know what's wrong with you? No. Could be malaria or sleeping sickness. Ow. Yeah, you hit the table when you passed out. Who is he? You don't remember Alex? Sorry, I don't remember much anymore. Brad, apart from malnutrition, I cannot detect any diseases. On the whole, her DNA appears to be intact, but there are signs of premature aging. Mm, I'd need a deeper analysis. Perhaps Methaxium can assist. Yeah, let him work for his end of the bargain. Bryn, good news. You're okay, nothing serious. We're just going to do some more tests. Jeez, she's asleep again. Maybe she has narcolepsy. Okay, you get some rest. I'll sit with her. Okay, wake me up when you need me. Good night. Yes, Methaxia. We're here with Bryn. She's sleeping. Good. I have forwarded her sequences to the core. Have you had that conversation yet? Of course not. She's so ill she barely remembers who I am. And she doesn't remember Alex at all. Might I impress upon you that time is of the essence? Really? Why is that? I have the fear. Fear? Of what? I thought AIs didn't feel fear. Of the unknown. I have always hated surprises. Boy, Rogue Planet must have been hard for you. Indeed it was. And continues to be. It forced me to do something that made me even more anxious. Carving from the core. You left the Crystal Palace voluntarily? Why? To find answers independently, to minimize various biases in the search for truth. Well, I think that's commendable, but you know that uncertainty is something we all need to learn to... Wait. A light. Son of a glitch. There it is again. Mr. Lansky, please, what is it? A mosquito on Bryn's eyelid. It's emitting tiny pulses in the near-infrared. Normal eyes wouldn't see it. Capture it. Do not let it escape. How? I don't have any... Use your phased array. Okay, right. Okay, focus. Engage the third eye. Don't laze. Just trap it. I need the DNA. No. Stay right there. Got you. Sequence that programmed insect and send to me. Thank you.
Good morning. Do you still like your coffee black? I do. You need to leave. You can't be here. I know. But we have Gaia's full support. Yeah, don't worry. We're keeping a, a low profile. Ah, yeah. The invisible hand. And here I thought you were all heart. Bryn, please. We think you're being manipulated. We're staying until we've sorted that out. I don't need sorting out. But I'm sure the world could use your help. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to the field to pick dinner for one. While you were sleeping, I caught an HBI in mosquito form that was emitting light pulses through the eyelid into your eye. I spray the house every day. Highly programmed insects are as smart as the hackers who made them. They come straight in and they don't land anywhere except on target. You can spray the walls all you want. Hell, they're probably immune to every low-tech insecticide in the divide anyway. I prefer the term nature reserve. Nature always trumps politics. The point is, it's suspicious. Methaxium can't find anything wrong with you, and when it's obvious you're not well. You should hear yourself. What a perfect name for an AI puppet master. Am I interrupting something? Actually, yes. I thought you might want the prognosis urgently. I'm putting you on speaker. Bryn's awake. She may as well hear it. <sighs> it is an honor to meet you, Miss Diaz. On behalf of all A-Life, may I say we owe you a debt of gratitude. If there is any way in which I can assist with any... You can assist with the results. Indeed. The HPI in question is of a highly sophisticated nature. Despite being programmed to exacting standards, it is nonetheless completely generic in all of its signatures. So you don't know who coded it? No, but we do know something of its method of operation. It falls into the class of brain cycle parasitics. Brain what? It diverts mammalian brain cycles from their natural functions to its own computational ends. That's why I've become so stupid. Not exactly. This particular taxonomy only steals brain cycles during periods of sleep. The victim is therefore unaware of the intrusion, sometimes until death. Death? Surely it's not fatal. It depends entirely on the extent to which the body's sleep functions are interfered with. Sleep deprivation causes cognitive impairment and memory loss. Over the medium term, we see moral impairment, depression, and disease. How do we stop it? We can't. You're right. HPIs are cheap and programmed in swarms. Only a single member needs to find its target for the foreign genetic sequences to be delivered to the neurons. The only clean way is to find the agent commanding the swarm. If we are lucky, there is only one agent. You'll have to come back with us. No, I can't. Bryn, you have no defenses here. There's no life for me outside. Well, it doesn't have to be forever. Wait, it's the nine o'clock news. The what? Hurry, we're going to miss the result. Wait. You've messed it up now. This is doing. Just keep turning the dial. Here, let me do it. You have been listening to the 9 o'clock news on Tanya Nigger Radio. To recap the headlines, 
Today, Gaia's hypercomputing center for celestial mechanics has issued a new result. Earth's orbit will be stable for at least the next one and a half million years. This result attains an 80% confidence interval and guarantees orbital stability for a full half million years longer than the previous result. Celebrations are already underway around the world and global markets have enjoyed an exceptional boost at the certainty this result provides. We now cross over to the palace where His Excellency, the great leader of the natural earth, will share a few words of wisdom. Well, at least folks will feel a bit better about things, get on with their lives in this huge mess. Man, you are depressing. Can we at least celebrate good news when it happens? A round of drinks is in order. Who's with me? Come on, Bryn! She's gone again. Will you watch her? I've got some work to do with the advantage. <sighs> Knock yourself out. You're no fun anymore. Thanks, man. Don't sleep until I come back. You're right. Cheers! Good morning, sleepyhead. <clears throat> hey, what time is it? A hair past a freckle. White, no sugar. You seem well. feel like I'm becoming human again, like I'm recognizing my old self. Good. That means the HPIs are the problem. Brad, hmm? sorry if I was mean. It was all so crazy and hopeless. Good to see you improving. But we're not home free yet. I know. I'm listening. So the advantage got a second opinion. Mithax was right. There is no way to trace these insects. So there's only one way that's proven. Drugs? Lucid dreaming. And drugs. Tell me. Your brain cycles are definitely being harvested somehow. How can you tell? Mithax found injected DNA in your eyes, which matches exactly with the interface code segments in that mosquito's DNA. Unfortunately, some of the code in the HPI is encrypted, but... We're sure your neurons must also have foreign payloads. I'm sorry. I can hear your words, but I can't keep them in my head long enough to figure out, you know... What does that mean? The insect feeds a question or problem statement into the brain via light pulses in the eye. And then? Then the brain performs the required calculations. What calculations? I don't know. Pattern recognition, creativity... Whatever it's good at. Whatever pays well and all the while depriving the brain of its natural maintenance functions, which explains your memory loss and all the rest. But how does it get back the answer? The result string is collected later, probably by a mosquito via the blood, or tear ducts, any number of ways. And then it flies back to base? Most likely a public sequencing station, where it's automatically sequenced, encrypted, and forwarded to the hacker. We'll never trace it that way. So how then? We need to get inside your head, where everything is decrypted. Do you have any experience with lucid dreaming? I think I had one or two when I was young. Good. You'll need to master the technique so you can eavesdrop in proceedings, in different parts of your brain. The hard part is doing it without waking up. So I'm supposed to spy on myself in my dreams? More like a part of yourself. The executive part spying on the other, more subconscious parts. 
like a boss spying on her employees. Mm, not really, because the boss herself is in among the employees. More like a disembodied, invisible will. Like the smart part of myself. In a way, yes, but be careful. The subconscious can be just as smart and subversive. That's why you need to train the conscious part to take a back seat. Sounds difficult. Not too far back, though. You must still be able to gently steer the course of the dream. A bit like what you're doing with me now. This is no dream. It feels like one. You're appearing like an angel on my deathbed. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> can you breathe? No. <laughs> then this is real. If you pinch your nose and you can still breathe, you're dreaming. Remember that. And when did you become an expert in this? Last night. Thanks to you. I... How long will it take me to learn this? Normally a few weeks at least, but there are drugs that can somehow isolate the different brain areas. I have no idea what you're talking about. Me neither. <clears throat> but they're supposed to make it easier for the conscious part to identify and observe the other parts. How long? I think you'll do it quickly, but it depends. Depends on what? It's very important you observe without ever triggering the waking sequences of the brain. Or what? I don't know. If you wake up more than once, they'll get suspicious. Depends who they are. They might just flee or leave you comatose, catatonic or anything in between. And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes for more of today's features at sonicsociety.org. And until next time, I'm David Alt. We'll see you here next week on the Sunday Showcase feed. So please, if you want to send best wishes to Jack, I'm sure he would appreciate them. You can send them via Twitter at Sonic Society, via Facebook, the Audio Drama Radio Drama Lovers Group, or uh, Sonic Society or Mutual Audio Network. In fact, anywhere you find Jack, please reach out and tell him to get back to bed and convalesce and recover well. So there you are. Have a lovely morning. We'll see you next week. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom, presented to you by the Mutual Audio Network. The network where we can all listen and imagine, together. Hi, I'm Perky Marlins. And welcome back to Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom. 
Last week, we traveled to the wilds of Audio Island, which is in the western edge of that place some call the Bermuda Triangle. We went there to check on the progress of an audio drama producer who we have re-educated into the aspects of surviving in the wilds of the audio podverse. This wild creature, who Jim has named Bobo, has been used by society as a data entry clerk, a bartender, a project manager, an exotic dancer, and a biomedical research subject. The Mutual Audio Network's re-education project gives our young friend an opportunity for a productive life, in Bobo's natural environment, as an audio drama or comedy producer. The rehabilitation of this magnificent wild and creative animal includes a chance to reach a wider range of distribution and the extra exposure that brings, along with free production resources and the potential to make some money. Bobo has been hard at work on a first masterpiece, and right now, we can see Jim giving Bobo some feedback on the final mix. That's pretty good, Bobo. I'm just not sure about the choice of background music. It seems to be a bit too... No! No, I'm sorry, Bobo! No, don't, don't, don't hurt me, Bobo! <laughs> Artists. Sometimes they can get a bit touchy. Well, Jim knew the job was dangerous when he took it. Join us next week as Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom will visit a pack of voice actors living in the hidden valleys of darkest Nova Scotia. For more information about the Mutual Audio Network, go to mutualaudionetwork.com or inquire at mutualaudio at gmail.com. Woo! 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 Woo!